Welcome to Dinosaur George Kids. A show for anyone who loves dinosaurs. Dinosaur George has studied paleontology for over 50 years and has performed live to over 4 million students across the world. So sit back and enjoy today's show. Now, here's Dinosaur George. Oh yeah, baby. Getting closer to Christmas. Hey everybody, I'm Dinosaur George. Hello, future paleontologists. So glad to spend a little more time with you all. So great to be part of your day, and I'm thrilled that so many of you listen. Welcome to the podcast. We now have 194,000 downloads. That's pretty cool. 194,000. I never in my wildest dreams thought we'd ever get that high. And to think that by the end of December, we might be able to hit 200,000 downloads. That's really exciting news for me. We're listened to in 118 countries and now... We have listeners in 6,986 cities worldwide. So what would be exciting for me if it happens would be that by the end of this year, by December 31st, I would love to have 200,000 downloads and be in over 7,000 cities. So if you like the podcast and you listen to it, I hope you'll tell your friends at school. I hope you'll share with everybody, moms and dads. I hope you'll share it with your friends and family, and you can really help us uh, uh, grow this thing. So that's the goal. Boy, that'd be nice if we could do that. All right. A couple of shout outs I've got to do. First shout out goes to JR. Now, JR turned five years old, and I did a private lesson for he and his friends. And JR, that was so much fun, and I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, your family and all of your friends are there. And you know a lot about dinosaurs, kid. I was very impressed with you. So I hope that you all, uh, I hope you and all your friends enjoyed the time that I uh, got to spend with you. Also today, I did two virtual lessons for Voorhees Elementary in New Jersey. So if you like um, like to do a, uh, lessons for your school, We can still do those. You don't have to be located in Texas for me to see you. So Voorhees Elementary hired me to do two virtual lessons, one for their younger grade and then one for their older grade grades. And I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. I think the older grades tried to rip me off in a contest we were having. Uh, I think I was playing fair. I think maybe they were trying to cheat, trying to rob me of my hard-earned money. Okay, that may not be true, but I like my version of the story better. (laughs) And then also, I wanted to give a special shout out to Owen, who is turning five years old on December 20th. Now, you know, Owen, your birthday is two days after mine. Said Owen is a huge fan of the podcast, and so his mom and dad decided to give him a T-Rex membership to our Patreon club. So Owen, 
Happy birthday to you, my friend. And guess what? Your mom and dad have given you a T. You are now a T Rex member of the Patreon Club. So there you go, my little friend. Happy birthday to you. I'm so glad that you're part of the Patreon Club. And I'm very glad that you were chosen to be given a T-Rex membership. So the Patreon Club is a great way to learn more about dinosaurs. We have uh, at least one lesson each month. But for Raptor and T-Rex members, they get two lessons each month. Uh, December, we're doing special questions and answer lessons, which we've never done before. And all that that is, is all T-Rex members get a private time just with me to ask all the questions that they want. So uh, I hope you'll consider joining the club. It's really a lot of fun and there's some great people in it. So JR, happy birthday to you. I mean, I'm sorry, Owen, happy birthday to you, buddy. And I uh, hope you like being the latest T-Rex member. And one more shout out to all of our newest members. Our Patreon club is growing like crazy. We have so many new members joining uh, this right this past month we've had so many people join this past month and i think that's because of the holiday season i think a lot of parents are giving that gift uh, giving that away as a gift and so uh anyway if you want to become a member go to dinosaurgeorge.com and there'll be information there right now we have 411 members as of today All right, my friends, let's jump in to our feature creature. It's time for our feature creature segment. If you would like to suggest a creature, go to the Dinosaur George Kids podcast page at dinosaurgeorge.com or post your suggestion on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page. Now, here is your feature creature. All right, my feature creature is Oviraptor, one of the most misunderstood dinosaurs ever. Oviraptor should hire an attorney and sue because Oviraptor has been mistreated. But today on this podcast, I'm taking a stand. I'm taking a stand. I am going to right the wrong that happened to our beloved Oviraptor. So here we go. Oviraptor, very interesting little dinosaur. Its name, Oviraptor, means egg thief or egg stealer or egg robber. Do you, if you are new to the podcast, let me explain something about the names of dinosaurs and why they sometimes are confusing and, and why they may not translate the same. You see, when dinosaurs were first discovered, the most common language used by scientists was a language called Latin. Now, Latin was spoken by a lot of people all over the world. That was the most common language. Well, because of that, when scientists would name animals or plants or insects or anything, they oftentimes used Latin words. So, for instance, the name dinosaur in English means terrible lizard because the people that first started finding them, thought they were giant lizards, and they thought they must have been terrible. So they came up with the name dinosaur. Dino 
coming from the Latin word terrible and sore is the Latin word for lizard or reptile. So the name oviraptor is actually two words in Latin, ovi, which means egg, and raptor, which means thief, stealer, or robber. There's, there's three different versions of what that name means. So they named this dinosaur the egg thief. It's not a big dinosaur. It's only 1.6 meters long. That's a, a little over five feet. Well, it's five feet, two inches long. So if it was standing on its nose with its tail up in the air, it's probably taller than most of you, but it's still not giant. This dinosaur was found in Mongolia. Mongolia is a country next to China. And, and I got somebody, somebody sent me a message one afternoon and said, why, why did so many dinosaurs live in Mongolia? Well, it's not that so many dinosaurs live there. It's just that the layer of dirt happens to be the layer of dirt that existed when the dinosaurs were alive. So it's easy to find their bones or it's easier because their bones are laying on the surface. Dinosaurs lived all over the world, but not every place that they live it's it's not as easy to find their bones because their bones are buried under lots and lots of dirt. So layers of dirt can cover things, but erosion can carry away those layers of dirt. And it just so happens that in Mongolia, that's a spot where you can find lots of dinosaurs because Mother Nature has removed the layers that used to cover them. So that's why it, it that's why so many dinosaurs are found in Mongolia. It lived during the late Cretaceous period between probably 85 to 75 74 million years ago. It was a biped meaning it walked on only two legs and it was an omnivore. What do omnivores eat? Carnivores eat meat. Herbivores eat plants. Omnivores eat candy. So, wait, what? It's not right. Omnivores don't eat candy. Because if omnivores eat candy, every kid in the world is an omnivore. No, every kid in the world is a candyvore. Omnivores eat both plants and meat. Kids, you can tell your parents tonight at dinner, Mom, Dad, I am a candyvore. That means... I can only eat candy. So please take this healthy food away from me and replace it with a big Snickers bar or a pile of candy. And when your parents say, uh, either you're going to eat the food I gave you or you're going to go to your room hungry. <gasps> well, Dinosaur George said I'm a candyvore and whatever he says goes. Now, parents, please. Don't call me. Don't yell at me. I'm just trying to help your children. <laughs> so Oviraptor, then there's no such thing as a candyvore. Oviraptor is an omnivore, meaning it would probably eat anything that it could find. Plants, fruit, um, meat, anything it could find. It was discovered in 1923 by a paleontologist named Roy Chapman Andrews. Roy Chapman Andrews is a very famous paleontologist because of all the different things that he was able to find. It was described and named in 1924, a year later. For those of you that listen to my other podcasts, 
when a dinosaur is described and named, that comes after it's uncovered. Somebody has to study it. Somebody has to figure out what the dinosaur is. And that's when they can give the dinosaur a name. So in this case, now sometimes it's years and years and years between when they find it and when they name it. But in the case of Oviraptor, it only took a year for someone to describe and name it. It's got long arms with three fingers. It looks like it was probably feathered. It's very bird-like in its skeleton. So it definitely, uh, well, I can never say definitely, but all the evidence suggests that it had feathers. And probably the most unusual thing about it is its skull. It kind of looks like the skull of a parrot and it doesn't have teeth. So it used that mouth to crunch things up. Some people believe that it might have used those weird, that weird mouth to break open things like oysters and clams and things that it could find along the shoreline of the ocean or freshwater clams. And they think it ate fruit, but they really think it ate eggs. And here is where the mistake begins. When they found Oviraptor, all around it, they found little pieces of eggshell. Shell from the egg of a dinosaur. And the scientist said, aha, this weird looking dude with this weird looking head is an egg stealer. He's stealing eggs. The evidence is all around it. So they named it the egg thief. And everybody said, I can't believe Oviraptor is a thief. And Oviraptor's parents are like, he's not a thief. He's a good boy. I'm telling you, he's been framed. Now, this time I said it was a he because I don't want girls to sound like girls are stealing. So I made it a he. But they said, aha, it has to be stealing eggs because the eggshells are all around it. And that's why they named it the egg thief. But then, but then later discoveries proved uh, those eggs were its own eggs. These dinosaurs were not stealing eggs. They probably protected them. So, and there is a famous discovery of a cousin of Oviraptor that was actually found sitting on a nest of eggs and was buried alive in a sandstorm. Instead of running away and leaving the eggs, that parent stayed there to protect the babies from the sandstorm or protect the eggs. And that dinosaur was buried alive by the sand. So instead of being called an egg thief, they should have named it the egg protector because it's a very good parent that would stay there to defend the eggs from the sand and give up its own life. So it turns out They thought the eggshell was from a little plant eater called Protoceratops, which is also found in Mongolia, which is also found very closely in relationship to Oviraptor. So at the time, the scientists thought as best they knew, because remember, they're only looking at some evidence. They thought, I know what happened. This funny looking egg thief probably snuck into a nest from a Protoceratops and was eating its eggs. And the Protoceratops showed up and killed it. 
Well, that's not what happened. Now, I will say that it probably is very likely that if uh, Oviraptor happened to see a nest, an unguarded nest, oh, it's going to eat the eggs. Eggs are very nutritious. They're very good. And so it ate, I have no doubt that it ate eggs, and maybe it even hunted Protoceratops eggs. But that's not fair to call it the egg thief because it's eating other things. Like I said, it's eating clams, insects, fruit, maybe eggs, waffles, enchiladas. Wait, what? Waffles and enchiladas? Okay, who is writing this stuff for me? I'm reading this off of a paper and somebody wrote waffles and enchiladas. When I find out who wrote waffles and enchiladas, somebody's going to lose their job. Okay, so Protoceratops got a bad rap. It's not an egg thief. It's not, it's not fair to call it an egg thief. So what do you guys think we ought to change Protoceratops' name? I mean, uh, Protoceratops. Uh, Oviraptor. What do you think we ought to change Oviraptor's name to? That doesn't mean we can. That name is given. That's a legitimate name. But it's not a fair name. If you would like to leave your comments, go to the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group. Ask your parents to become a member. It's totally free. You can post pictures. You can do anything. So here's a project if you would like to participate in a project. If you would like to try a try to draw a picture of an Oviraptor, draw a picture of one. If you have an Oviraptor toy, take a picture and post it on that page. But also, if you think we should give it a different name, what name do you think we should give it? Because Egg Thief isn't a good name. And no, we're not going to name it Waffle Thief. So don't any of you think it's going to be called Waffle Raptor because it's not going to be called Waffle Raptor. Although I like that name, Waffle Raptor. The next time your mom or dad or somebody in your house makes waffles, run in, eat them and say, Waffle Raptor. I am a Waffle Raptor. So I need waffles. All right. <laughs> so Over Raptor is an absolutely amazing animal. All right, if you would like to become a Patreon member, you can pay attention to this commercial. And when we come back, we're going to jump over to the Dinosaur George Kids page and see what's happening over there. Become a member of the Dinosaur George Patreon Club and join the fun. We offer different club levels, each with their own set of benefits. Private lessons, new discoveries, behind-the-scene access, and much more are all part of being a club member. Visit DinosaurGeorge.com and sign up today. All right. You do not have to pay anything to join the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group. That's totally free. And let's see who wrote to me through that page. Here we go. Hi, Dinosaur George. My name is Michael. I'm six years old and I live in Arizona. Hi, Michael. Glad to have you with us. And Michael, I used to live in Arizona. I lived in Scottsdale, Arizona for a year and I loved it. Michael said, I've been listening to your podcast for a year now and I really like it. I'm glad, Michael. Thank you for letting me know. I love dinosaurs and really like learning about them through your channel. That's great. I'm glad to know that. I have drawn here for you a picture of Dinosaur George versus Indoraptor and wanted to show you. Okay, now wait a minute, kid. 
Now, wait a minute, kid. What do you mean? Dinosaur George versus Indoraptor. Why are you putting me in a picture with an Indoraptor? Okay, at least my arms are up. But as long as I've got my stink bombs, I'm totally safe. Welcome to the page, Michael. I'm so glad that you enjoy the, uh, I'm so glad that you enjoy the, uh, the podcast. That's very cool. Okay, this is kind of neat. Now, this is, comes from Miss Nags, who said, living in the same area as Dinosaur George, we get to see him often. However, it's the unexpected sightings my son enjoys. Recently coming home from New Braunfels, I saw the famous truck and trailer and couldn't wait to get home to tell my son. He's been obsessed with dinosaurs since he was crawling, and at almost 12, the passion keeps growing. Thank you, Dinosaur George, for all you do locally and keep doing all the great things you do. Well, that's very kind of you. And thank you very much, Janelle. That's very kind of you. You even posted a picture. Hey, now that picture of that big Brachiosaurus is cool. And you posted a picture of my truck and trailer, which is really neat. Yeah, anybody that lives in or around San Antonio, Texas, um, if you ever see me driving around, my truck has a big dinosaur on it. And so uh, thank you so much for taking the time to post it. And please, please tell your son how much I appreciate. And there's a picture of us together. Looks like at his school or at a library. That's so cool, though. But please tell your family I said hello. And that's very, very neat. Thank you so much for doing that. Okay, this comes from my very good friend, Noah. I have some feature creature suggestions. I want to wish you happy birthday in advance. Hey, thank you, Noah. You have no idea how kind you have been to me and how thankful I am about all you've done for me. I just wanted to say thank you. Here are some feature creature suggestions. Well, Noah, I want you to know how much I enjoy our friendship and what an intelligent, smart young man you are and how much I appreciate getting to talk to you. Noah sent me a really good list. Noah, these are great. These are great. Eoraptor, Herrerasaurus, Elaphrosaurus, Mashikasaurus, Torvosaurus, Monolophosaurus. These are excellent. These are excellent. And I promise you some of these I will do very soon. And thank you for the fond wishes. My birthday is December 18th. And thank you so much for taking time to say that. That's very, very kind. Very, very kind. Okay. Uh, let's see. What else have we got? Uh, this is from the Chase family. Am I a stinker yet? Happy birthday to you from Aaron. And it's written to little Georgie pants, little Georgie pants. You little stinker. Yeah. You're a stinker. All right. You drew a picture of me. I like that Santa hat I'm wearing. You little stinker. What kind of a kid? Draws a picture and calls me Little Georgie Pants. You little stinker. Thank you for the birthday wish. You're very kind. That is so kind. Thank you, Aaron. I'm very proud of you, buddy. All right. Um, Rurid, I think that's correct. Rurid from Hampshire, England, asked me to share with you our roarsome Christmas card photo. He has made Santa hats for all of his wooden dinos. We found an amazing Christmas jumper. Looks like Stegosaurus plate. That is cool. Oh, it's Rui. Oh, nice. Rui. Rui. What a great name. It's a Scottish name. So the IDH gives an E sound. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for letting, but we call him Rue. Hey, that's a great name. Rue, I'm going to call you Rue for now on. What a nice, I love that picture. 
He made Santa hats for all of his wooden dinosaurs. That's a beautiful Christmas tree behind you. That is so great. Merry Christmas to you guys, to my friends all over the world. What a nice thing. Thank you so much. And Rory, Rue, thank you so much, buddy. That's that's so kind. That's so kind. I love that. That's that's beautiful. Okay, Susie Soros wanted to show you. Oh, this is great. Hi, Dinosaur George. Susie Soros wanted to say, do you like the Santa Rex we went to see yesterday? And we love your podcast. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, guys. That's very kind of you. Susie Soros, I love that. That is so cool. It's a big Tyrannosaurus Rex with a Santa hat and looks like a bag of toys. I think that's what that is. I don't know if I'm going to go reach in that bag, but that is so great. I love that Santa Rex. That's too cool. Three-year-old McKenna from Denver loves listening to your podcast and Facebook Live last week. She's wondering if Augustinia could reach up to the tree seeds since their necks are long. And she sent a picture of a dino exploding in a volcano. I love that. And she's having a dino party next week for her birthday. Well, happy birthday to you, McKenna. Yes, Augustinia is a sauropod with a long neck. So absolutely, it could reach up into the trees and eat leaves. That's the best part about the long necks is their necks are so long. So thank you, honey. That's a beautiful picture. I love that very much. You're a great artist. That is so cool. So cool. All right. Uh, let's see. And by the way, I think I wished you a happy birthday before. I just wanted to cover that again to make sure because a birthday is a very important day. All right. Colin, age six, did a really great Spinosaurus diorama. This is great. Wow, I love this a lot. Congratulations. Shout out to you, Colin. This is really good work. That's very, very nice. Now, Theo sent me a message, wants to know, did Giganotosaurus live with Spinosaurus? And is there a dinosaur called Nanook? Well, yes and no. Giganotosaurus did not live with Spinosaurus. Giganotosaurus lived in South America. Spinosaurus lived in Africa and Egypt, Morocco. But um If they had met, that would have been a pretty scary thing. As for Nanook, there is a Nanookosaurus. I believe that's the, I think that's the proper name. Nanookosaurus. I think that's right. It was a carnivore that lived in uh, Alaska. I believe it's a Tyrannosaurid. I think if I'm wrong, somebody needs to correct me on the Dinosaur George Kids page. But I think that's it. I think it's Nanookosaurus. I think that's what its name was. I think. All right. Eli wanted to share the battle he has between Indominus Rex and T-Rex. Man, I love this battle. First of all, I love the color of that red T-Rex. I think he looks cool. I think he looks really cool. And that Indominus is awesome. That Indominus has got him by the head. I, I think that fight might be over. Poor Indominus Rex. Happy birthday, Dinosaur George. Now, this is the coolest thing in the world. Jonas Raptor is a new Raptor member of Patreon and sent me a beautiful drawing and a nice birthday greeting. That was so nice of you, Jonas Raptor. Thank you for being a member of Patreon. Thank you for taking the time to draw that picture. And thank you so much for wishing me a happy birthday. I loved your video. Thank you very, and I like your Christmas tree in the background. What a kind thing to do. Thank you so much. 
Okay, this is cool. This is from Reed H7 Dinosaur George. I work really hard on this Ultra Rex. I hope you enjoy it. And also, he is eating you. Well, that... What... What was that last line? Reed H7 Dinosaur George. I worked really hard on this Ultra Rex. I hope you enjoyed it. And also, he is eating you. You stinking kid! You little stinker! Okay, first of all, it is a beautiful drawing. In fact, it's so beautiful, it looks like your parents framed it. But, what on earth am I doing in the mouth of that Ultra Rex? Why am I being eaten, you stinking kids? Why does everybody want me to get eaten by everything? What did I do to deserve this? I love your picture, you little stinker. I loved it. All right, Kai Kai Adontosaurus wanted to send this to DG. Happy early birthday, DG. We appreciate you so much. That's very kind of you guys. Thank you, Matthews family. What did Kai write on here? A triceratops with sharp teeth of a Carnotaurus, and he's bazooka-powered. His powers blast. His power blast has triceratops and Carnotaurus powers versus Dinosaur George with no stink bomb. All right, listen, you stinking little kid. Stop taking away. Okay. Why are you laughing in that picture? I know why you're laughing because you know you're a stinking little kid and you took away my only weapon. How am I supposed to fight back if I don't have my stink bombs? You stinking kids. Love that picture. Love it. And I like your smile. And I know you're laughing, you little stinker. That's very good. All right. What do we got here? That is the coolest fight scene. It says, meet my newest Tyrannosaurus member, Joey. Joey, welcome to the club. We started listening to your podcast a few weeks ago from episode one, all the way to pick up, on the way to pick up brother at school. Oh, that's so nice. Since then, we've become huge DG fans. He's turned everything into who would win. That's great. Joey tells Alexa to play your podcast first thing when he wakes up and can't wait to learn about the next creature. Thank you for sparking his interest in dinosaurs and expanding his imagination. We can't wait for our first lesson. Well, I can't wait. Thank you guys so much for joining. Thank you for being a T-Rex member. I hope you enjoy your lesson, Joey. And that who would win video. Let's get back to that video. This is awesome. I love your video. I love your who would win. Nicely done, Joey. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. What a kind thing to do. And then I want to say something. My little buddy, Emilio Raptor, who was my best buddy. Emilio Raptor has a Christmas tree with so many dinosaurs hidden in it. What an amazingly cool thing. I love that. Absolutely love that Christmas tree. And there are dinosaurs everywhere. Right under the star, it looks like a T-Rex looking at me with glowing glowing eyes. That's cool. I've got to count them. And then, new Christmas decorations chosen by Philip Raptor himself. We named him Stu, the Stegosaurus. That is the coolest Christmas decorations I've ever seen in my life. Nicely done, Philip Raptor. Uh, nicely done, man. What, how cool is that to have a stegosaurus? And here, 
Aaron has suggested an episode over Raptor. Well, Aaron, shout out to you because you were the inspiration for today's feature creature. You suggested it. I read it. We did it. That's how it works. Thank you so much, Chase family, for taking the time to send Aaron's suggestion. Loved it and definitely did it. And Rafe has received his T-Rex tooth and raptor claw and part of his membership for his fifth birthday today. He is cheesing. <laughs> to say he's cheesing is an understatement. That is so cool. I love that picture. Oh, you've got your little autograph picture from me. And by the way, I sign every one of those. So, Rafe, I sign that personally for you. And I love that you have the raptor claw and the T-Rex tooth. That is so cool. Judah and Hank wanted to share their favorite Christmas song with Dinosaur George and all the club members. It's called I Want an Allosaurus for Christmas. Let's listen to some of this song and see. It must be a sweet, wholesome, lovable Christmas song. Oh, yeah, that's Christmas. Oh, yeah. Ah! Don't want a toy that's made out of plastic. Wanna Allosaurus for Christmas. A little something from the late Jurassic. Wanna Allosaurus for Christmas. Oh, yeah, baby. Come on, Santa. Hear my song. I want a dinosaur friend that's 30 feet long. Razor sharp teeth and powerful jaws. Slip them under the tree. What could go wrong? Okay, that has got to be the coolest song I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and the fact that it's Allosaurus. What a great song. Judah, Hanky, thank you guys so much for sending that to me. How cool is that? Mom, thanks for taking time to share it. Love it. I'm going to listen to the rest of that song later. That's really cool. It's called Jingle Burgers, a Perry Grip Christmas album. It was on YouTube, and that's where it's found. And you can go to our webs to the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group, and you can listen to it through there. That was really cool. I like that very much. Very cool. <coughs> Excuse me. Let's see. Um, oh, this is good. Here's a picture of Dinosaur George on top of the door about to fall into the mouth of a T-Rex, but not to worry because Taser, which is the guy wearing the black pants and black shirt bottom of the picture, is holding a laser gun and is shooting lasers at the T-Rex and he saves you well. And and I don't know if it's to Zur or Zur if the T is silent, but that is so cool. Thank you for sending some help. I'm glad that at least somebody's there to stop me from being eaten. Finally, somebody sends me a little help. I love that. That's great. Dylan drew the Indoraptor from Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom standing on a house. Love it. I like your bright yellow lines. I like the bright colors. That's a very good one. That looks really good. Nicely done, Dylan. I like that a lot. The Schneider family is wondering if you could identify this dinosaur. Is it even a realistic creature? Now, that toy that you have, I had when I was a kid, and it used to really confuse me because it's got teeth like a carnivore, but the body of an herbivore. This dinosaur sort of kind of looks like a uh, like a, a nodosaur, except for the teeth. So I used to play with it like it was a nodosaur, which is a dinosaur that's related to ankylosaur, except for it doesn't have the club on its tail. So like nodosaurus. Gastonia. There's a bunch of those dinosaurs that are like that. I'm going to say 
It's probably what it is, except for it shouldn't have those sharp, pointy teeth. All right, this is from my friend Scott Edwards. My son Dylan picked out this Allosaurus book at the library because it's your favorite dinosaur. What a kind thing. I'm so glad that you chose. First of all, I'm glad you went to the library. That's very good. Reading a book is very important. But the fact that you chose Allosaurus, I'm honored. Dylan, shout out to you. Thank you for doing that, and I hope you enjoyed it. All right, what is this? Hang on a minute. This is great. This is my friend Max. Let me see what Max sent. Hello, Dinosaur George. I just created a hybrid. I think it's a cross between a T-Rex, an Ankylosaurus, and an Indominus Rex. Max, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. You've got an Indominus Ankly T-Rexosaurus. Max, that's great. Thank you, and I love that. Shout out to you. That's very cool. And thank you for sending me that really cool, uh, that really cool picture, that video. That's great. That's absolutely great. Let's see. Miles wanted to share his dinosaur scene. Spinosaurus versus hybrid T-Rex Triceratops. Again, you guys are making these really cool hybrids. I like how all your other little dinosaurs are lined up around them. I love that T-Rex, I mean, that Spinosaurus. That's great. Nicely done. Very, very good. And then Velocir Wyatt, who's six years old, sent me a really amazing picture of a Velociraptor. I like this one a lot. I like this Velociraptor a lot. It's bright colors, very bright colors, bright feathers, very sharp teeth. Love it, love it, and love it. All right, let's jump into the Ask Dinosaur George segment and answer some questions. Do you have any questions about dinosaurs? Just ask Dinosaur George. You can post your questions on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook page or click on the Dinosaur George podcast page at dinosaurgeorge.com. Questions are chosen at random and you can submit as many as you want. And now, here's Dinosaur George. All right, these are the questions that were submitted by my Patreon club members, so let's get into it. Susie Soros sends me a question that says, Hi, Dinosaur George. It's Susie Soros. Hi, Susie Soros. We were wondering when paleontologists find dinosaur bones, how do they know what dinosaur they belong to? Hope everybody is having a good day. First of all, what a kind thing. What a kind thing to hope everybody's having a good day. That's very kind of you. That's very kind. Um, how do they know? Well, when you look at the skeleton of a dinosaur, you may, it may look very similar. Like all the meat eaters kind of look the same. But when you look at each individual bone, the way a paleontologist does, they can recognize some differences. I know looking from the outside at a skeleton in a museum, they all look the same, but they're not. Well, a professional paleontologist is able to look at the bones and compare them to other bones that have been found and help them figure out what the animal is. Now, if they're digging in one area, they already know what other dinosaurs have been found in the area. So they might already have an idea of what could be there. And then all they have to do is compare that bone they found to what's been found before. But if it's a brand new species, they can compare it and they can sort of guess what family it comes from. 
but they don't always know for sure. And sometimes what they think is one thing turns out later on, it could be from a different animal. All right. Connorsaurus says, why did plesiosaurs have flippers? Well, plesiosaurs are swimming reptiles that live their life in the ocean. Flippers help it move much faster, and it appears to be an animal that eats fish. So it's got to be pretty fast to be able to catch a fish. And so they have flippers rather than feet so that they can help them swim. Connor Source says, did it have fingers too? Yes, it did. Yeah, there are fingers under its flipper. Its flipper is basically made of fingers. So it's just like a seal. A seal's flipper has finger bones like yours and mine. The difference is they're not all separated from each other. They're covered with one piece of skin. So yes, plesiosaurs definitely had fingers as well. It's just that it couldn't bend its fingers like you and I because its fingers formed a big flipper. All right, Vedant, hi, DG. How many Indian dinosaurs do you know? Vedant, there was a bunch of different species, but the three that are my favorite is Indosaurus, Indosuchus, and Rajasaurus. Those three are my favorite because they're all big carnivores. Can you please do a podcast on any Indian dinosaurs? Yeah, you know what? I'll try to do one on Rajasaurus. Very interesting dinosaur, cool-looking dinosaur. India has a great history of paleontology, and they have found some amazing carnivores there. And that's just a few of the ones that I know. Thank you, Velocidant. Uh, Velocidant, what a great name. Anybody who's a patron member, member gets to give themselves a nickname. And here's one from Connorsaurus. Who was... Who has the biggest stink bomb, El Stinko or Argentina? Okay, first of all, no one knows the identity of this superhero known as El Stinko. El Stinko is a superhero. No one knows my, his identity. No one. So who has the biggest stink bombs, El Stinko or Argentina? Well, that's an easy one. I, I mean, El Stinko has the greatest stink bombs. No animal on the planet can rival El Stinko other than a skunk. But even the skunk cannot stand up to the awful smell coming out from under the arms of El Stinko. And no one knows who El Stinko really is. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Leo Raptor says, hi, Dinosaur George. How are you doing this fine day? I'm doing great, Leo Raptor. What a polite thing to say. Leo Raptor says, I have a question. Would Velociraptors fight with each other? Did the females hunt or the males hunt or all of them? Okay. Now, when you're talking about behavior, behavior doesn't always fossilize. So we have to look at modern animals to see how they behave and then try to apply that to prehistoric animals. I believe very sincerely that like many predators, velociraptors were probably territorial. They probably had their own turf and I think they would have defended it against rivals. Yes, I believe velociraptors probably didn't like each other very much if they were a rival pack. As for who did the hunting, 
Well, because velociraptors are relatively small, they they probably required a lot of food because they probably burned through it very quickly. I think both male and female had to hunt. I think they both hunted, probably independent of each other. They may not have hunted together. Maybe a pack was made up of uh, a group of females. We don't know. But I do believe both would have hunted because it would have taken them to be, I mean, they'd have to hunt all the time to get enough food. So that's a great question. I believe, I believe that they probably all did the hunting. And if they hunted together, they probably hunted like wolves. Now, lions, sometimes the male lion will let the females do the killing, but not all the time. Sometimes the females have struggled bringing down a big animal. A male will show up and, and wipe it out. So I think velociraptors may have been the same. And this last question is from Vian, who says, Hello, Dinosaur George. How long did Spinosaurus live? What an interesting question that is. How long did it live? Well, you know, we can cut down a tree and we can count the rings in the tree and we can estimate the age of a tree. But we can't really do that with dinosaurs because, first of all, not every bone has rings like that. And second of all, we don't really know how long it took for one ring to be added to the bone. Did it take a year? We don't know. So when talking about big theropods like that, my guess is that probably like Tyrannosaurus, they probably lived to be about 40 to 50 years old. That's probably as long as they live, probably 40 to 50 years old. Carnivores never live as long as herbivores because carnivores are constantly fighting. They're fighting to kill their prey. They're fighting to defend their prey. That starts to wear out your body. If you go your whole life fighting, you're not going to live as long as somebody that doesn't. Plant eaters, on the other hand, don't have to fight every day. Yes, if they're attacked, they have to defend themselves, but they don't get attacked every day, especially those that live in a herd. Maybe once every five or six or seven months, you might be the target of the attack. So meat eaters don't have as long a life as plant eaters because they have different ways of dealing with their life. Meat eaters are constantly fighting. Fighting wears you out. You're more likely to get hurt. You're more likely to get sick. So I believe that Spinosaurus may have only lived to maybe be in its 40s, mid-40s, maybe 50 years old. All right. If you would like your own private virtual lesson, I'm going to play a little commercial so I can kind of catch my breath. Um, so if that would make a good Christmas gift. Um, you can give this gift. You can have your lesson yourself, just you and I. Or you can invite your classroom, or you can invite your friends or family, whatever you want. But anyway, that would make an interesting Christmas gift to people all over the world. We'll do it any time zone, any time. So let me play you a little bit of that. And then when we come back, it will be W, W, W. Hey, kids. You can have a private virtual lesson with Dinosaur George. Have him speak at your birthday party or have a lesson just for you. Lessons last 45 minutes and are available to all countries and time zones. Visit our store at DinosaurGeorge.com and order your own private lesson today. Who 
who would win? What if two different prehistoric creatures fought? Who would win? T-Rex versus a giant wolf? Raptor versus Terror Bird? Spinosaurus versus Triceratops? You choose the animals, and Dinosaur George will size them up and pick a winner. Now, get ready. It's time to find out who would win. Let's go. Annabelle, age six, writes, who do you think would win? Pachyrhinosaurus versus T-Rex. And then she says, thank you. Thank you, Annabelle, for the, for the politeness. Pachyrhinosaurus versus T-Rex. This is a good one. Now, Pachyrhinosaurus is a cousin of Triceratops, but it doesn't seem to have the big horn on its nose. So it has just sort of a big sort of bump. But don't be fooled by that bump. Because as big as Pachyrhinosaurus was, if it comes rushing in with its head down and smashes you, it, it does, excuse me, <coughs> excuse me, buddy, I'm fighting a, a allergies. They've been making me cough all day. I didn't mean to cough in everybody's ear. So Pachyrhinosaurus does not need a horn. Think about this. If you're standing in front of a train and it runs over you, the train doesn't need a horn sticking out of the end of it to be dangerous. Just the size of the train is dangerous. Well, that's the same thing with Pachyrhinosaurus. It can come rushing in, and it's the only place it's going to hit a T-Rex is going to be in the legs. If Pachyrhinosaurus hits that Tyrannosaurus Rex in the leg, Rex is going down, its leg is broken, fight is over. I honestly believe Pachyrhinosaurus would be capable of defending itself. But Tyrannosaurus is way taller and can lean over and grab Pachyrhinosaurus by the back before Pachyrhinosaurus even reaches him. So if Pachyrhinosaurus is fast enough and able to sneak around to the side, then it would win. But in the, this case, I'm going to give this battle to T-Rex because it's just too big and Pachyrhinosaurus wouldn't know how to defend itself against something that big. All right, Susie Soros says Woolly Mammoth versus T-Rex versus Triceratops versus Spinosaurus. Wow, this is a melee. You've got four animals. Okay, right off the bat, the Woolly Mammoth, who I love, is not going to be capable of defending itself. Not against T-Rex, maybe against Spinosaurus. So I think T-Rex is going to turn its attention to the Woolly Mammoth because it's not as big as itself. And that's going to be an easier target. So I would say T-Rex wipes out Mammoth. That leaves T-Rex, Triceratops, and Spinosaurus. Next, Spinosaurus is not made for battle. Spinosaurus is not made for battle. It's made for catching fish. Yes, it could fight. Yes, it had a powerful bite. But it's not made for a battle. That's going to leave Spino versus Rex. Because Spino's definitely not going to take on Triceratops. Not prepared for that. And in my opinion, Rex is going to win this battle. That then leaves a very tired Tyrannosaurus Rex against a very healthy Triceratops. And in this scenario, Susie Saurus, Triceratops is going to win because Rex is so tired. Rex is not going to start off attacking Triceratops. Those horns are too dangerous. It's not going to start off fighting that. It should have. 
because maybe it wouldn't have been so tired. But in this particular uh, battle, I'm going to give it to Triceratops. All right, this is from Yasmina. Hi, Dinosaur George. I'm super excited to have joined the T-Rex Club for my birthday. Well, happy birthday to you, Yasmina, and welcome to the club. I would like to ask my first who would win question. Ankylosaurus versus Triceratops versus Gastornis versus Parasaurolophus. Ooh, another four-way battle. Let's go. Gastornis is the only carnivore in your group, but Gastornis is completely outclassed by these three herbivores. It's not going to take on Parasaurolophus because one strike of the tail and it's done. It's not going to take on Allosaurus, I mean, Ankylosaurus because one swipe of the tail, it's done. It's not going to take on Triceratops because those horns are too much. Gastornis may have been faster, but I don't know if it could even cut through the thick skin of these three dinosaurs. So I'm going to say as much as I love Gastornis, He's out. That leaves Anki, Triceratops, and Parasaurolophus. Next, of these three, Parasaurolophus is unarmed. Yes, it's got a tail. Yes, it's got feet it could kick. But it's not going to stand up to the armor of Ankylosaurus or the horns of Triceratops. And that then leaves Anki and Triceratops. In my opinion, Triceratops' horns might have been able to go into the side of Ankylosaurus in the spot right under the thick armored back. If it could get those horns there, it could stab Ankylosaurus, and that'd be the end of it. Ankylosaurus is super slow compared to Triceratops. I'm going to give this battle to Triceratops. Even though Ankylosaurus is heavily armored, I'm going to give this one to Anki. I mean, to Triceratops. Okay, Vedant, who would win between Utah Raptor and Megacerops and Andrew Sarkis? Hey, this is a good one. This is a very good one. Megacerops, we just did a podcast on that. That's the big rhinoceros-looking creature. Andrew Sarkis is the giant wolf-like dog creature. And Utah Raptor is one of the biggest members of the Raptor family. Man, what a fight this is. Wow, let's think about this. Man, I got to tell you something, Vedant. I, I am, I'm having a hard time choosing a winner in this battle. You stumped me, buddy. Because these all these animals are all suited to take on each other. I don't know who's got the weakest weapons. I wow. I'm going to say this, Vedant. I cannot choose a winner in your case. This is too good. They are too evenly matched. Three totally different animals, but great combination of a battle. All I can tell you is when the dust clears and the fight is over, these three dinosaurs, these three animals are still standing, looking at each other. That was a great one. I like that one a lot. I wish I could have chosen an answer, uh, chosen a winner. Okay, I like Mega Syrops, so I'm going to choose that as the winner. I cheated. All right, Hennessy says Andrew Sarkis versus an Asian elephant. Another interesting battle. This is a good one. Andrew Sarkis, if there's any carnivore that is capable of taking on an Asian elephant, it's going to be Andrew Sarkis. Now, the Asian elephant is obviously not very fast. Not as fast as Andrew Sarkis. And if Andrew Sarkis can get around behind that elephant and grab hold of the back of its leg, maybe it could pull it to the ground. If it does, then the fight's over. But Asian elephants are pretty powerful animals. Again, I'm going to believe that in this particular case, I'm going to give this to the Asian elephant. But the chances could be very likely that it could turn out the other way. 
Very good one. This is a good one, Hennessy. All right. This is from Aliasaurus. T-Rex versus Smilodon versus Megalodon versus 30 Velociraptors versus Indominus Rex. What a fight. What a fight. All right. With Megalodon, the only way this battle is going to take place is if it's in the water. And if all these animals are in the water, Megalodon's going to have a buffet. It's going to eat everybody. So we got to take Megalodon out because he could win too easily in the water. On land, he doesn't stand a chance. So let's say if it's in the water, Megalodon without a quest, without a doubt. Now, T-Rex, Smilodon, 30 Velociraptors, and Indominus are left. Even though 30 Velociraptors are fast, they're not going to stand a chance against T-Rex and Indominus. And Smilodon isn't going to stand a chance against 30 Velociraptors. So the Raptors take out Smilodon. T-Rex takes out half the Velociraptors. Indominus takes out the other half. And that leaves T-Rex and Indominus Rex. And that, of course, leads us to that famous question, who would really win, Indominus or T-Rex? I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Indominus Rex was made in a laboratory. It does not have any any um, practice in fighting. It has no history. It doesn't know how to fight. It may be big, but it's not made for fighting because it's never had to fight anything. They're not going to put a live Triceratops in the pen to feed it, because if they did, they'd be afraid the Triceratops would kill their Indominus Rex. So they're going to feed Indominus Rex dead animals or animals that are too tiny to fight back. That's not good because it has no practice. So in that particular case, I'm going to say, even though Indominus is a big animal, I think in this melee, it's Tyrannosaurus Rex. All right, let's take a listen to an interview I did with a T-Rex member. Would you like to be interviewed on a future podcast episode? Well, now you can. Become a Tyrannosaurus member of our Patreon club, and you might be chosen for an interview with Dinosaur George. Visit dinosaurgeorge.com to join the club. And now, let's meet a Tyrannosaurus club member. All right, the coolest thing in the world about being a T-Rex member is, of course... If you're lucky, if you're super lucky, your name gets chosen. Well, we spun the wheel, and whose name did it land on? Felix the Magnificent. As a matter of fact, that should be your new name. Felix, how are you doing, buddy? Good. I am so glad. Were you excited when you found out your name came up? Yeah. <laughs> so, Felix, how old are you? Let me guess. 68. Um... Was like, 60 years younger. So you're 60 years old. Wow. <laughs> you look great for being 60. Man, I'm turning 60 in 17 days, and you look better than me. <laughs> so you're eight years old. Is that right? Yeah. Excellent. And what is your wife's name? I don't have any. What happened? You seem so happy. I thought I went to your wedding. Didn't you send me a wedding invitation? Didn't I send you a wedding gift, kid? You need to return the gift I sent you. Fine. So Felix calls and says, hey, I'm getting married. Can you send me a wedding gift? I send this kid an Xbox, and now he tells me he's not even married. Well, this is off to a rough start, Felix, but I think we'll get through it okay. So you're not married. I don't blame you. I waited till I was nine because there's no reason to rush into these things, right? 
All right, That's Felix. What grade are you in, Felix? I'm in third grade. Nice. What is your favorite subjects in school? Do you have a favorite? I think it's math or science. Good for you. Those are both very important for paleontology. Math was my hardest subject. I'll be honest. I struggled with math. Uh, but I was good at recess and lunch. Those are my best subjects. I've got straight A's in lunch. Did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> Well, if they did grade those, I would have gotten straight A's. So I'm glad to hear that. Are, are you good at math? Yeah. That's good. Well, you must be because you enjoy it. That's very, that's very exciting. So I'm going to ask you a hard question. What is your best friend's name? Well, I have a lot of best friends. Good. Who are they? Um, so I have Colton, Drew, Grant, and then that those are people at my New school, right? At my old school, it was Colin and Austin. That's exciting. Well, you know the reason why I asked you is you just gave them a shout out, and people will hear this all over the world. And I just wanted you to give a shout out to your friends. Now you said your new school. Did you recently move to a new location and start in a new school? Um, I last year, um, I. I went into this new school. It was on February 5th. Oh, nice. Do you like your new school? Yeah. It's hard when you move from school to school, right? Yeah. But the neat thing is you already have new friends because you mentioned them and you didn't forget your old friends, which is very good. I'm glad to hear that. It's always great to meet new people and make new friends. That's very cool. Yeah. So how did you meet your wife? I've never, I, I already told you I don't have one. Oh, aren't you the kid that asked me to send an Xbox for your wedding gift? <laughs> so you're saying you ripped me off. You got a free Xbox out of me because you said you got married. Isn't that you? Weren't you the Felix I sent that to? Let me look through my notes. Let's see, here we go. Let's see, Felix turning eight years old and said he's being married. Yep, that was you. I know it. I know it. <laughs> So, Felix, what do you like to do other than dinosaurs? What kind of things do you like? I love planets and sharks. Nice. Nice. I know the names of all of the planets in our solar system. You want me to name them? Yeah. Frank, Carl, Cynthia, Joanne, Elizabeth, Henry, and Pete. Isn't that the names of them? It's actually Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. Isn't that what I said? Isn't that what I said? Okay, I know them by their first name, Mr. Smarty Pants. So I know them by their first name. Fine, you know the science names, but I know them by their first names. Everybody knows that Saturn's name is really Frank. Everyone knows that. Why are you shaking your head no, kid? Are you? Do I look like the kind of person... That would give you false information about science? Okay, stop shaking your head. Yes, you stinking kid. So of all the planets, do you have one in particular you think is the most interesting? Um, it's either Neptune or Jupiter. Wow. Why Neptune? Neptune doesn't get a lot of attention. I like Neptune. Why do you like Neptune? Because I love that really color of blue and and um um, 
Neptune and Jupiter both have one thing in common. They both have a huge storm on them. That's been going for like thousands of years. I had no idea Neptune had a storm on it. I, I Everybody, or not everybody, but I, I knew Jupiter did because of the pictures. I had no idea that Neptune, well, you know what? You just taught me something new. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. That's really cool information. All right. And you like sharks. What is your favorite shark? It's hard. It, I really love the um, reef sharks, the great whites, the tiger sharks, and the bull sharks. Wow. You know, bull sharks, I think people don't realize how dangerous bull sharks can really be. Can you tell me an interesting fact about bull sharks? Can they yeah. do something that other sharks can't do? Well, they can go in fresh water. How amazing is that? Pretty amazing. And I'll teach you another fact about bull sharks that other sharks can't do. Bull sharks can ride motorcycles. I don't think that's real. Well, it sounded pretty good though, didn't it? Yeah. Didn't it I sound Didn't I sound like I knew what I was talking about for a second there? One second. Well, thanks a lot, kid. <laughs> so, imagine if they found a shark on Neptune, your life would be perfect. Yes. <laughs> if I lived on Neptune, it would be better. That would, well, you'd always have to worry about the storm coming in every day. <laughs> the weather report would be, not be very happy to me every day. You got that right. What's today's weather, mom? Uh, it's going to rain again, kid. It rains every day on this planet. Okay. I was just asking. Watch for your mom says, watch for sharks on the way to school. <laughs> so let's talk about dinosaurs. Do you have a favorite dinosaur? It is Carmosaurus. And why do you like that dinosaur the best? Because I don't really know too much about it, but it's nice to know different shark. I mean, dinosaurs, and it's nice to learn about new ones. I'm so glad you said that. You you want to know something, Felix? Felix, excuse me, Felix. I am so glad you mentioned that because sometimes people like a certain dinosaur, which is fine, but they don't study other ones as much because they don't like them as much. But I think if people did what you just said, and that was to learn a new fact about a new kind, you might find you can still have your favorite. But it's, it's okay to change your favorites. My favorite is Allosaurus, but I like Utah Raptor, Deinonychus, Gastonia, and Kylosaurus. Uh, you smell like a Skunkosaurus. I like... What was that last one I said? You, you skunk like a Saurus. <laughs> you, you smell like a Skunkosaurus. I don't think that's a real dinosaur. I might have made that one up. But... It's good that you have different favorites. I'm glad. Now, what about dinosaur movies? Have you ever seen any of the dinosaur movies like Lost World or any of those? I've seen Jurassic World. And um, there's not very many other um, dinosaur movies, but I've seen a lot of Walking with Dinosaur movies. I like those a lot. I like them a lot. I thought they looked great. That's, That's very neat. And so, what about dinosaur toys? You happen to have a couple sitting right in front of you, don't you? Yeah. 
Can you describe what you have? I have a Tyrannosaurus Rex. He's big, too. Yeah. I have a Carnotaurus. Whoa. What's that on his nose? Was he attacked? Yeah. Nice. Nice. from Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous. Oh, very cool. And what else do you have? Who is that? A Spinosaurus. Yeah, baby. I know Spino, all right. Oh, it can even open its mouth. That is amazing. So you've got three. Hey, don't let that thing bite me, kid. I'm minding my own business. And then you attack me with that Spinosaurus. And what is that green one you're holding? What is that? It's a Albertosaurus. Ah, Albertosaurus is amazing. I like Albertosaurus. Well, those are really, those are big toys. Now, do you have any plant eater toys? Maybe not with you, but do you own any plant eater toys? Yeah, I own a lot of them. Nice. Nice. Do you ever set up battles between your meat eaters and your plant eaters? Yeah. If you could choose one plant eater who wants to fight one of your meat eaters, which plant eater are you going to let fight? I would let my um, my Stegosaurus or Ankylosaurus fight my Albertosaurus. Nice. Now, Ankylosaurus could probably do a pretty good job. Stegosaurus would have may have been able to hold its own as well against something as big as Albertosaurus. That would have been amazing. So what about other prehistoric animals, not just dinosaurs? Are there other prehistoric animals you think are interesting? Well, a lot of like the first um, animals to become animals on Earth are pretty cool. And then like some of the Cenozoic are pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, I like Cenozoic mammals a lot. I find them to be very, very interesting. Yeah. I, I think they're amazing. And and I don't think people, I, th- I think when you talk about mammals, people sometimes only think of two animals. Woolly mammoth, saber-toothed cat. But there was thousands, maybe millions, certainly millions of other kinds of mammals, some of the giant dogs, the bears, uh, the terror birds. There was a bunch. So I'm glad that you like some of those Cenozoic. And you also meant you like some of the earlier mammals, like the like the Paleozoic, which is, you know, some of the... Have you ever learned about any of those things, like the ones like amphibians? Not really much, but I but they sound pretty interesting. They really are. They really are. They look amazing. Um, I think I did a lesson on Permian life that because you're a patron member, I think you can go back and, and look that lesson up and you can watch those lessons. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm uh, writing the schedule for December uh, to do lessons this December. So I'll be sending out that information soon. And hopefully you'll be able to join us. Have you been able to join us for any live lessons yet? Yeah, a couple. Good. Good. Did you have fun? Did you enjoy them? Yeah, I love them. They're, they're actually my favorite. Your podcasts are my favorite podcasts. And they're one of my the only ones that I listen to. What a, so what, a, what a polite thing. I'm glad you like them, Felix. I'm glad you enjoy them. Um, I'm trying to record a bunch of them during December. Uh, because I've got a little bit of time off. So hopefully the the podcast that your interview will be on, hopefully will be coming out in a couple of days. 
So I'm hoping that I just put a new one out just a few minutes ago, right before I called you for this interview. Yeah, like 10 minutes before. Yeah, exactly right. So I'm going to try to put out as many as I can, and I'm going to try to put out a bunch each year. Um, I wish I could do one every other week. I wish I could do one every week, but I can't because I travel so much. So your, your dinosaur toys were absolutely amazing. What about books? Do you like to look at dinosaur books? Do you have any dinosaur books? Yeah, this is just one of them. Oh, now that one looks like a good one. That one looks, that one actually looks pretty good. I like that one a lot. I'm glad. I'm glad. You know, one of the, one of the things that I think is important, Felix, is that you, as you get older, you continue to get different books so that you can learn different things. You know how you said that you like to learn about new dinosaurs. That's another mistake that I think sometimes people make is they buy one dinosaur book that they like, which is okay, but they never read anything else that other people say. And sometimes things change. So new books have new information in them. Do you have any brothers or sisters? I have three sisters. Are are they older or younger than you or both? They're all younger than me. Seven, four, and two. Nice. Do any of them like dinosaurs? Well, a lot of them are like okay with dinosaurs, and a lot of them say that that they like with like them. But um, I would say that they kind of like dinosaurs. Yeah, my sisters. I had two sisters, an older one and a younger one, and they were the same way. Sometimes they would sit down and play dinosaurs with me, but I think they were just being good sisters. I don't think they liked them as much. There's a lot of girls that love dinosaurs. And yeah. uh, when I was in school, I had a friend. She loved dinosaurs. And she and I could talk about dinosaurs at school all day long. So do any of your friends like dinosaurs? Um, Grant, my friend, kind of likes dinosaurs. But I like them much more. Yeah. I was the same way. I was the same way, Felix. None of my friends liked them as much as I did. But that's the cool thing about the Patreon Club is that you can meet other people who like dinosaurs as much. That's very, very cool. And does your wife like dinosaurs? I don't have one. You don't have a wife? Yeah. Well, why didn't you tell me that? (laughs) Didn't you start at the beginning, you said my wife, and then you started telling me about her? (laughs) (laughs) All right, you busted me, kid. It was me. You're correct. I was the one that said it, not you. (laughs) That's too crazy. And what about, uh, do you teach your other family? Do you teach your mom or your dad or your grandparents or uncles about dinosaurs? I teach like everyone in my family about them. Good for you. Good for you. Have you ever had a chance to talk about them in school to your classmates? Like, like, did you ever get to talk in your classroom about them? Um, not too much. I talked to them with about, I talked to them with my friends, but uh-huh. never the whole class. Do you think you'd like to do that or would you be nervous? I think I would be kind of ner- nervous, but I think that I could do it. I bet you could. And I'm glad you're very confident in yourself and I'm very proud of you for being that way. Good for you. So if you could travel back in time and you could see a dinosaur which one 
would you like to see? I would like to see um, maybe like um, a Utah Raptor or a Mega Raptor. Whoa. Boy, I would love to see. Well, I'd like to see it from a distance, but I'd love to see a Utah Raptor. Can you imagine how scary? Do you think it would have feathers or not? What do you think? I think that they would have like feathers on their arms and a lot on their, like a little bit on their body and head. But I think that there are a lot of like, um, like 50% would be feathers and 50% would be skin. Good. Yeah, I think you may be right. I think when when some artists put feathers all over their body, I don't think that would be normal because I think it'd be too hot. I don't think that they would be able to cool down because they lived in an environment that was kind of warm or kind of hot. So I'm with you. I think maybe 50-50 is a good idea. So what about questions? Is there anything you want to ask me that you ever wondered about or you'd like to ask? Um. Um, is there any other, you know, I, I remember your, um, Carnotaurus podcast and you said that Carnotaurus was a very expert scavenger. Do you think there is any scavengers that are also like it, like that same amount of scavenging? Yeah. What a brilliant question. I think any of the family called the abelisaurs, I believe, and, and Carnotaurus is an abelisaur. I believe that those dinosaurs seem to be better made for scavenging and not necessarily hunting. They have relatively short, rounded teeth. So something like Majungasaurus. Okay, I always confuse those two, uh, Felix. There's Majungatholus and Majungasaurus. They used to be two different dinosaurs. Now they made them one. I think the proper term is Majungasaurus. I believe that might have been more of a scavenger. But one of the things about being a scavenger is that you can't be super big. And Carnotaurus is not a super big carnivore. He's big compared to you and I. But he's not super big. So, yeah, yeah, like the toy you have, right? Yeah, so, like, it would be pretty big, but it wouldn't be actually that big. boy, exactly. Um that's exactly right. It wouldn't be anywhere near the size of Tyrannosaurus. So Tyrannosaurus can't be a scavenger only, in my opinion, because it has to eat meat all the time. And, yeah. and in nature, animals just don't fall over dead all over the place. So like vultures and condors and buzzards, true scavengers, they can travel hundreds of miles looking and smelling for dying animals. But if you're on land, you can't see as far and you certainly can't smell as far because there's all kinds of things that get in your way. Trees, the wind, all those things can change the direction of the riding animal. <clears throat> so it's hard to find something that's already dead. So Carnotaurus seems to be better suited for that. But you can't be much bigger than Carnotaurus, in my opinion, be a scavenger. But that was a brilliant question. That's actually very good. Do you have any other questions? Well, do you think that, um, like, do you think that there could be, like, any carnivore that is, like, 
larger than, like, say, a um, Spinosaurus? Like, could there be anything that could take it down besides, like, one of those huge dinosaurs like T-Rex? Like, could a pack of Albertosaurus take it down or something? That's a that's a brilliant question. Now, Carnotaur, I mean, uh, Spinosaurus, in my opinion, had one enemy it lived with, which it had to stay away from. And that's Carcharodontosaurus. Yeah. Yeah, Spinosaurus, in my opinion, stays away from Carcharodontosaurus intentionally. But let's say some of the mid-sized predators, like, for instance, what was its name? Um, Delta Dromius. Delta Dromius, I believe, lived with Spinosaurus. I think it did. And Delta Dromius was sort of a medium-sized carnivore that seemed to be very fast. And so a pack of Delta Dromius, in my opinion, if I'm right, and that they lived with Spinosaurus, and I think they did, if Delta Dromius were in a pack of maybe six to 10, I believe they could threaten and take on a Spinosaurus and maybe cause the Spinosaurus to back down. So let's say Spinosaurus either killed a young dinosaur or found one dead on the shore of a lake. doesn't matter. And Spinosaurus is eating it. And then a pack of Delta Dromia shows up. I believe, Felix, I believe they could chase him away. It's Think about in Africa today when you have a lion that's made a kill and then a pack of hyenas show up. Well, the lion can't defend himself against a pack of hyenas. There's too many. So I think the same thing would have occurred. No matter how big you are, sometimes numbers are more important than size. What do you think? Do you think that could happen? Yeah. But I think they would have to be like, how big do you think that they Delta Dromius would be? If my memory is correct, Felix, I think they're about 25 feet long. So about yeah. half the length of Spinosaurus. So like if they're 20 feet long, and that, and they're versing a sixty-foot-long fishing predator. I think there would be like, it would need like seven to eight of them to take him down. That's that's very good science. No wonder you're so good at math. That's very very good. I think that is the appropriate number that it would take. I I agree with you a hundred percent. I don't know why you're asking me these questions. You should be the one answering them because that's the perfect answer. Nicely done. Nicely done. Very impressed. Very good. Okay, so I'm going to ask you a question then. Do you think that there were any carnivores that would dare take on a Tyrannosaurus Rex? Yeah, I think like, wait, did Tarbosaurus live with Tyrannosaurus? Oh, wait, it didn't. That at a boy, Tarbosaurus is from Asia, but they are very closely related animals. Is there any other Tyrannosaurids that lived with Tyrannosaurus? If Nano Tyrannus is indeed its own species, which I th- still think it is, then Nano Tyrannus would have lived with Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yeah. So, like, would it? How how long would it be? I think the estimates of Nano Tyrannus are probably about thirty five feet long. I think somewhere around there. Yeah, and I've heard like. I mean, yeah, T-Rex would be, like, 45 feet long. So, like, 
Um, so, like, I think that if they hunted in, like, groups to take down bigger things, I think that they could take down a T-Rex, because all the Tyrannosaurids, in my opinion, have a very, very strong bite force. And that that's, could- that's exactly right, they do. Tyrannosaurids have an incredibly strong bite force. Wow. You are such a smart young man. You sure you're not married? I mean, look, you said you were 80 years old and you're not married. Are you still living at home? How come you don't have a job? And why are you still living off of your poor parents? You're 80 years old with a wife and you're living at home. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, maybe you're not. Maybe you should live at home a few more years, I think. What do you want to do when you grow up? Is there a job you think you'd like to do? Um, Before I answer that question, can I tell you something cool? You can tell me anything. My grandpa owns a business. No way. That is so cool. What kind of business does he own? Do you know? He owns a car. Um, He owns like this car. You can like make car parts and it's called RCO. Oh, is that the miniature cars, the small cars that you build radio control? Um, no, it's like real car. Oh, oh, not. And do you know the name of his business? It's that it's RCO. RCO. And what state is your grandpa's business in? Michigan. Michigan. So anybody out there that needs car parts, RCO is owned by Felix's grandfather. And if you're lucky, maybe with every purchase, you might get the chance to meet Felix. He's the eight-year-old kid who's married and got an Xbox because he tricked me into thinking he was married, but he's not. Okay, forget that last part. I'm very glad to hear that. That's very good. Good for you. All right, I forgot the qu- what question did I ask you? I can't even remember. Um, oh, what you wanted to do when you grow up? I think I'm going to be a marine biologist or and a paleontologist. Listen, marine paleontology is a thing. You might be, you know what I'd like for you to do? If you decide you're going to do that, I hope that you help solve the mystery of a shark called Helicoprion. Have you ever heard of that? Some people pronounce no. it Helicoprion. Uh, how about I show you a picture of him real quick, which I happen to have right here. Let me find it there. Oh, I, I, I think that I've seen a picture of that. Well, you know what I'd like for you to do one day is maybe solve the mystery of its lower jaw with those weird teeth. That is a mystery that I think would be perfect for a young, um, paleontologist, slash uh, uh, marine biologist. I think that would be a perfect job for you to do. Well, my friend, did you have fun with this interview? Oh, and before I made a picture for you. Oh, let me see it. Can you hold it up a little bit? What is that? Thank you, Mom. It's a a picture of you being eaten by a T-Rex. Hey, what a lovely... Wait one minute. What did you just say to me? What did you say that was? A T-Rex eating you. You. 
stinking kid. What kind of a kid draws a picture of me being eaten by a Tyrannosaurus Rex? Why would you do that? It was awesome. I love the colors, by the way. I'm sorry that I got eaten, but I love the colors. That was pretty impressive, buddy. Wow, what a great thing to see after Thanksgiving. I was the turkey for a Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to say? Is there anything else you want to say, buddy? Um, in Iowa, who would win for you? Yes, let's do it. Dimetrodon versus you. All right, the biggest question of all, kid, do I have my great weapon? You don't have it, but you have an axe. An axe is not going to help me. <laughs> if I don't have my stink bombs, I can't win anything. How can I become El Stinko? Oh, wait. Did I say that? El Stinko is a superhero, and no one knows his identity. Yeah, you are. Don't say that out loud. <laughs> People will hear you. You are him. You cannot. It's you. It's you. Quiet, kid. People might be listening to this. He is a mystery hero, and no one knows his identity. If El Stinko is fighting with me, I could beat a Dimetrodon. But if he's not there, and I'm by myself with no weapons, unfortunately, like the Tyrannosaurus Rex, it would eat me for Thanksgiving. What a ripoff. <laughs> all right, there are going to be hundreds of thousands of children all over the world that will hear your voice. Is there anything you would like to say to kids listening all over the world? I would like to say that I hope that they've made it through COVID-19 and I hope that they have a great um, rest of their year. What an absolute beautiful thing to say. Your parents should be very proud that you have such a kind heart. You have been so much fun, Felix. I've had so much fun interviewing you. Did you like the interview? I loved it. I'm really disappointed that we didn't get to meet your wife because you talk so much about her. But maybe, what is your wife's name, by the way, before we go? Nobody. <laughs> you married a girl named Nobody? <laughs> I don't have an... You? Don't have well, no wonder you call her Nobody. That's very rude. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Felix and his wife, nobody. Thank you so much, my friend. You were absolutely amazing. Have a great day, buddy. All right. Well, that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed the interview. It was a lot of fun. I hope you learned uh, you learned some things about Overraptor, something new. Remember, if you'd like to comment on what name we should give Overraptor, just Go to the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page and leave your comments there. Post your pictures of Overraptor, your drawings of Overraptor, whatever you want. I suspect I'll do another podcast before Christmas, so I'm not going to wish everybody happy uh, holidays, happy Christmas, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah. I'm not going to let. I'm not going to do that now. I'm going to wait till we get closer to the holiday so for everybody out there i hope you enjoyed it be kind to everybody please share with all of your friends and family about my podcast we're going to try to hit 200,000 downloads 
and try to hit 7,000 cities before the end of the year. So get out there and help me. And remember, if you're in danger, if a dinosaur is attacking, call for El Stinko. No one knows his identity, but he'll come to your rescue. Take care, everybody. See you guys. to Dinosaur George Kids. Join the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group, become a member of our Patreon club and check out our website store for cool fossils, rocks and crystals. Visit dinosaurgeorge.com for details. Until next time, keep digging for knowledge.